The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. Hear the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes Hey, welcome to the Formula for Sports. Sometime Rich with Ken from the ATL. I know Ken is around. He's on hold. So no, I'm here. Oh, you here? Okay. Uh, well, I'm just reading your um, your text message. Um, welcome to the show, buddy. What's going on? Oh man, just sitting here back in the ATL. You know, I was out your way. You know, we couldn't find you though. <laughs> I was in Florida, man. I had to do some a little business. I had, it was it was pretty much business. It's probably just a tad bit pleasure, but. And the pleasure of being golf before you start talking crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, that don't sound yeah. like business. That sounds like pleasure. No, nah, it was the NFL alumni stuff, man. It was all uh, it was some informative stuff, but it was great. I mean, I went out there, had a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a quick turnaround. So, but that's how I like to travel in a way. I like to get in and get out, man. I don't like to be around all that. You know, I like to travel, but I don't like to stay in the location mm-hmm. for for a long time. Yeah. So get in, go what I went for, and come on back. Well, I'm sure you got some news on the collective the CBA agreement uh, to bring back to the show with us. Well, it's a lot of stuff, man. It's it's kind of hypocritical, at, and and I say that. Uh, so let me explain that they they unlocked the uh, lockout. Uh, so and my whole thing was so they can have the draft. So the draft would be more interesting. Like who? Like real fans? Why would you watch the draft if there's not going to be any football? If these guys are locked out, uh, then I I didn't think. Um, the uh, Eighth Appeals Appellate Court um, was going to um, unfold her decision. So they did that. So right after the draft, it's locked out again. So when I say hypocritical, I think it was all done to still, you know, there's TV money involved. There's, the, the draft is a big, it's a big deal uh, with TV and ratings and all that stuff. Um, but I thought they did that just to have the draft. Um, but there's still a chance the players, all they got to do is, there's two votes out there. All they got to do is get one of them, and and uh, that work stoppage will begin again. Well, we're in because it's unfair to those guys. How you expect them to get ready for a season? Um, now you can say you could do this on your own. You can go to your gym or work out with some guys. Do whatever you got to do. Go to the park. Um, but how you expect them to get ready for a season? And the camaraderie come with building championships and winning games when they can't work out together. And then this is a business to you as an owner. You will want that stuff to come together uh, all at the right time, and that's what camp is for. Mm-hmm. Guys go to camp mostly. Um, guys go to camp to get ready, mm-hmm. to get ready for to build that camaraderie, to get to build that mentality, a stronger mentality, and um, and get and they break themselves down until they build themselves up and get ready to go full speed into a football season. Mm-hmm. And you also got to get. You know, I totally agree with you 100%. I think they just did this unlock just for the draft, and they go right back, and they lock it back out again. Yeah. Okay? But also, uh, what about the players who you expected to step in this season and start, like a Cam Newton, uh, a Daquan Bowers, a Von Miller? I mean, these guys are supposed to be guaranteed 
uh, has supposed to have guaranteed contracts, which we know is no longer going to be in effect because they got the rookie wage scales now. But how much is it going to take from them as far as trying to get these guys prepared to be on the field from day one? If you lock them out, you can't prepare them to be on the field day one. I think it takes a lot from a guy like Cam Newton because he's, he's the quarterback. And not that any other quarterback would be indifferent, but there was so much pressure on this guy. And, and, I, and we talked about it on the air before the draft even started that uh, they – they made so many comments that what they look for this guy to fail. So when you don't have a um, a, a being able to work, you don't have you can't get the playbook. Um, this guy's already behind the eight ball. Uh, so so now your comments about it, these so-called gurus and prognosticators. Now your comments and stuff about him and your and your, your things about him will hold true. But even if he's just even he's the first pick uh, in the first round. You still have to give him some time to achieve more. And they got the um, they what got Paulson over. What's, they got a quarterback over there. They drafted last year from Notre Dame, uh, so he still has a learning curve. He still has to learn that offense. And then they have a new uh, head coach in Ron Rivera, who's a defensive-minded coach. I don't know if Cam Newton and I believe uh, was he the right pick to take at that right time, or you don't want to look back and say, "Well, we had a chance at Cam Newton." I believe the guy's a winner, but if you put him in a situation to succeed, then you're going to get everything out of him. He adds more things to your playbook, uh, just your ordinary run this play, run that play. He gives a dynamic that uh, that puts a lot of pressure on linebackers, put a lot of pressure on DBs to hold their coverage. All you got to do is find it will be the Carolina Panthers' fault if they don't find the right coordinator or the right toolages for this guy to be successful. Yeah, quarterback could have came later. Right. I, mean, I think the Cam Newton pick was a popular pick. I think it's pretty much like a Reggie Bush pick, sell jerseys, fill the stands, uh, try to get that team back into a uh, a national spotlight um, or national uh, co- coverage team where, you know, when you had um, Jake DeLone throwing to Musim Muhammad and Steve mm-hmm. Smith and, um, uh, and you're running back Foster back there running it uh, and when they went to the Super Bowl that year against the Patriots. And I almost beat them. Almost. I almost beat them. And I think they try to get that team back to that kind of identity, uh, an identity that they so badly need. Because, yeah, you only got uh, Clawson, who's back there, who was taken in the second round. But you really didn't get this man a full year to really develop because uh, uh, Matt Moore started the year off. Jimmy Clawson. Clawson came in later on. So you right. didn't give this man a second-round pick who's considered a prototypical quarterback, you know, coming from California, you know, 6'4", 225, nice arm, strong right. arm. Didn't have the kind of career you expected from a Notre Dame quarterback, but that w- that's not what they did at Notre Dame during that time under Charlie right. Rice. They kind of balanced the offense, so he didn't really get up there and try to have like three or 4,000 yard seasons, but he did okay yeah. enough to, to, to be in the NFL next level. That's why he was taking that second round. So I think you could have stayed with Jimmy Clausen and then Address the defense because that's what let you down this past year. Your defense, and 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 they also don't have any receivers over there. Um, so I don't know who Jimmy Clausen. I think they have a decent enough running game where they they can sustain. But you got to keep your defense off the field, and that's what let them down because their defense was always on the field. You can't play eighty plus play, plays every week. Now you. Uh, defensively, and a defensive-minded guy, they would love to be on the field. But you can't play that long for 16-plus, 17-plus weeks uh, and expect to be successful. Uh, your offense got to be able to get first downs, give you a breather when you get on the sideline. It's almost three and out, and they back on the field. See, offenses don't get tired because they're not doing anything. But when teams in the fourth quarter can take you to 12-plus play drives, 
that's when you lose your steam. And when that consistently happens throughout the game, consistently happens through the season, that's where you fall short on your defense. And I think the hiring of Ron Rivera was a great uh, was a great hire because he was in uh, you know he's in Chicago. Chicago had a pretty good defense. Then he went to San Diego. They played well. San Diego had the number one defense, number one offense, but the worst special teams in the league. So Ron Rivera was a great hire for them. And I wouldn't have had a problem if they would address the defense first because there was a lot of defensive guys come out that could contribute right away. Defensively, uh, defensive tackle, uh, defensive end, linebackers, you hit corners. Those guys can step in and probably will be some Pro Bowls down the road with the next two or three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, Cam might have been a popular pick. Um, and there was a lot of pressure. Not only the pressure of being number one, but the pressure that's taken off him is he's not going to be getting $60 million. He's not going to be one of the highest-paid guys who never played a down in the NFL, uh, top 10 guys, highest-paid 10 guys in the league now because of the rookie uh, cap. So, mm-hmm. so, so he could take a little pressure off him in that sense, and, and you can't say, well, this guy's getting $60 million. He should be better than this. Well, the money don't make you good. The money don't make you good. It's just when you give that guy the money, you expect so much out of him. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just think that, you know, this is, this is a team that really was trying to just trade punches with teams last year. And they couldn't stop nobody on offense. Right. You know, and you got one of the best running back tandems in the game. I would Jonathan Stewart and DeAndre and Williams. Williams. Okay. You got Steve Smith, who still can perform at, at a high level if he can just stop his off-season injuries. <laughs> that always gets him in trouble. <laughs> but you know what? You, are you, you think Steve, so I'm going to let you finish. You think Steve will want to stay around to, to mature these two quarterbacks he have? Now, one is going into his second year, and then you bring Cam in. Now, again, he has some dynamics with him where he can get open by some time. But you think Steve Smith will be around to mature these guys? Well, he had signed that, long, that long-term <laughs> extension a few years ago, so he's around. Means nothing. You know, so he's around, so he, he has to be there, you know. Um, but I think what they should have drafted was maybe uh, A.J. Green or Julio Jones to give mm-hmm. some help. Yep. Give him another big target like they had when they had Big Musim Muhammad and Steve Smith. That's when that team was dangerous. They had a big physical wide receiver and a speedy quick out on the other side. Get back to that. You got Steve Smith still. You got two of the best running backs in the NFL tandem duel. Give him a big target over there on the other side to take pressure off Steve Smith. Right, Get Julio Jones or AJ Green over there. That should have been the number one pick. I, I, I agree with that. Unless you take an Andrew Luck as the first quarterback, you could have got a quarterback later on in the in the round. But exactly. But in the, so give him a receiver. Give this this team, the Carolina Panthers, finished two and fourteen. They are last in the league uh, as far as what they team wise, what they've done on the field, what they put on the field, how they. How they finish the season? They are last. It's two or fourteen. Uh, so I agree with you. Give Carson Palm. I mean, yeah, give uh, Jimmy Clausen a um, a receiver to go to, a big receiver, a guy who has hands, a guy who stays on the field. And I think AJ Green was that guy. Julio Jones uh, had a lot of nicks and br- injuries in the, during his collegiate years, but that's what it was during his collegiate years. Some guys get over that stuff. So I, I think. If I couldn't get A.J., Julio was the next guy to take to give that guy another weapon and put him opposite of uh, uh, Steve Smith. Mm-hmm. And I think, actually, I think A.J. Green is going to probably be the one and, and turns out to be a, an injury bug in the NFL because of his, his he's tall and lanky. And slender. You know, Julio Jones is a physical specimen like Calvin Johnson. Right. This man is, what, 6'3", 6'3", 6'4", 225-pound physical cut beast, 
who ran a 4.38 on a hairline fractured foot. Yeah. Now, I'm not testing this guy's... Uh, that's one thing these uh these these so-called gurus uh fail to realize and some of these guys who never play like if I never did something and I and I got a passion to be around it I'm gonna find everything out about it I'm not gonna say this guy's not tough just as you mentioned he's playing with a hairline fracture on his uh foot and his toe and he's still making these plays and he's still showing up every Saturday he broke his wrist and he show up the next week to play a game I I, I like guys like that I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna question his toughness. But when they get in the NFL, uh, these got these hits are more violently um, put on you, um, and he's got to be able to do this in a short week. I, I believe he can do it. Um, but we got about got about a minute and a half break. Steve Smith ready to be traded. We were just talking about him. Steve Smith plays kickball Saturday in the same field that the uh, Charlotte Provide Providence High School Panthers use. It is close to Steve Smith will come back to be in the Panther next season, but he's a uh, 50-50 on being with that team. He's ready to be traded, man. Mm-hmm. Now, that's why. I'm, that's why I ask you. You think he he want to hang around to go through all that? And, and guys get frustrated. We we heard to talk about Larry Fitzgerald. He might not finish his con. He he will finish contract, but he might not renegotiate, or he may wait to renegotiate and let it end. Guys get so spoiled with winning and winning, and rightfully so. But you got to take those bumps and bruises that come with it. So you're not gonna always be on top. But now, if you that professional guy, that player, that motivated, you got that passion, you got people around you that you can bring up to your level, uh, you got to find a way to get back on top. And, and, and I think Steve Smith might have just been since '95. I think it was '95 when these guys went to the Super Bowl, right? Uh, yeah, '95, '95, '96. Yeah, um, but this guy's um, maybe just frustrated, and that, and that comes with it. That comes with the game. The football, very emotional game, man, and, and expose everything about you. So, um, if, if he's willing to stay around, you got it. Also, t- the character of the game, the character of you. Uh, if he stays around, willing to do that, I think they he'll be an intricate part of this guy, this Carolina Panthers team, getting to where they want to be or need to be a close to it. Couple more drafts and another few years, they'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Well, we we do this. We'll take a commercial. We'll come back. Two minutes. Quam Lots for Sports. Sometime Rich with Ken from the ATL. We got a minute with Ken today? We got a minute. Bet. We got a good minute. Bet. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel sports continues to grow and evolve to ever increasing prominence in today's society on all around sports host john inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world including players owners and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today john will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events tune in to all around sports with john inglesby fridays at 1 p.m eastern time 10 a.m pacific on the voice america sports channel a beauty. It's a 
seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the Kwame Lasseter the Sports. We're Ken from the ATL. We have no idea where Coach B is. Sensitivity class. Sensitivity. You, you know yeah, what? You, you know, know what? Going through it, you know, you know what? Street, you, you might know, be right. Go back to the psychiatrist. He's taking this. Look, the uh, Lee Valley Steelhawks, uh, where he's the head coach, uh, they're not doing so well. This is his first year. He got a bunch of bombs playing for him. He's taking this like he's a... Uh, who uh, who's one of the top coaches in the NFL? Mike Tomlin. Uh, he think he Mike Tomlin. You can't turn these guys around right now, <laughs> and 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 you got to remember Mike Tomlin had somebody else's guys. So Rich got to understand he's inherited somebody else's guys. I know it's a new team, but these guys come from different places. They can't. I mean, if they did well, then that's icing on the cake. Uh, but right now he he playing with some bums. He they not disciplined. I watched the film. Man. I, I watched the film. These guys are incredible. So I'm trying to get him a quarterback. Man, I got a quarterback out here in Arizona I want to send to him. But uh, he's talking about they're not winning, they're not doing this. I'm offering my help. I'm offering my help. You can't, you can't give a – teams that give a lot of speeches are teams that always lose. Mm-hmm. You can't be out there giving all those speeches to those guys. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. There's nothing in them that's going to make them do it if it's not already in them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, so he may be in sensitivity class. And – and to make a correction about the Carolina Panthers, I think it was 2004 because Ken was out in Carolina, right? Yep. When they was uh, went to the Super Bowl. Yep. Mm. It was that second year in the league, if I'm not mistaken. No, they've been in already for a minute already. Well, we got a minute with Ken. Stop correcting yeah, me on there. we got a minute with anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got a minute with Ken. Let's go. <laughs> hey, I want to talk about uh, Paul Pierce's flagrant foul ejection in the last game against Miami Heat. Now, this is going to be a quick minute because it's very common sense. A, you get yourself ejected for a flagrant foul in a playoff series, game one, second round, knowing that this team is right there on your heels that can go toe-to-toe with you. B, if you know you're going to get thrown out the game because you already had the technical foul earlier in the game, and, you know, this technical foul right here is going to get you kicked out of the game. C, you're going to be immediately tossed from the game. What did you just do to sum it all up? You hurt your own team, Paul Pierce. Get your head out of your butt. Think straight. Your team needs you. Now, one time did he say, I let my team down. Yes, you did. You want to go out here and complain about, oh, he was doing this, the ref said this, said that. No. The rule of thumb is... You got there, you commit flagrant fouls, you complain about it, you curse, you throw your head butt at them, you're going to get tossed from the game. Cameras don't lie. You hurt your team. Suck it up, be a man, apologize to your team, take that one on the chin, you let your team down, you lost the game for your team. You take responsibility. Suck it up. Yeah, great, always good, uh, good minute with Cam. Look, I agree with you. I think that was a selfish act, Paul Pierce, uh, one of the top uh, players in the game today, have been for a while, future Hall of Fame. Uh, he has Rondo around him. He has KG, Kevin Garnett around him. He has Ray Allen around him. You have a supporting cast around you. Don't go out there flopping and, and try to make statements and, and take charges and then get into, now, there's no friend, there's no love in the playoffs. Uh, 
And so I can see he and Dwayne going at it, Dwayne Wade going at it. Uh, but when you had a tech, like you mentioned, when you had a, a, a tech in the first early in the game, don't you know your second one and you're going to get thrown out the game? Now, I do agree with this. I do agree that uh, he didn't get any more punishment for that, uh, like missing a game or missing a game tomorrow that they play. Um, I agree with that. But you can't make selfish moves like that when you're playing in the playoff games. When you mentioned, Ken, that the Miami Heat is a team that can beat you. They playing at home. You were the number one team in the East for a while. Chicago overtook, overtook you. Then the uh, Miami Heat came to overtake you. Now, whether you position yourself somewhere in there for the playoffs and you thought this would work out best for you, these teams are winning games. These teams do have a Dwayne Wade and a LeBron James on their team. LeBron James, uh, any, any one of these guys individually can beat you with a great supporting cast. Mm. Paul Pierce have three guys with him that they shouldn't even lose. Now, so they want to play the tough guy, the bully stuff. Um, remember, you went to the Miami Heat. They didn't come to Boston. Mm-hmm. This game was in Miami. So you're not going to get those calls that you may get and, 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 self, and crazy enough to say that you may get in Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's if it's referee fairly, but mm-hmm. who who knows how the referee play an intricate part during the playoffs in these games? Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw a lot of call, calls throughout the season that was like, mm-hmm. why would you control the game, ref? Why would you yeah. do that if it's you know keep the flow of the game? But Paul Pierce was very selfish, very yeah. selfish in his acts and 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 taking the charge, um, trying to take the charge and then jarring back with the referee. You know you're gonna get thrown out. And you know that first. Technical foul when he went down with the headbutt. <laughs> went down Come with on. the headbutt. Come this on, is the man. The playoffs. You really think you're going to get away with a headbutt? I mean, that's just like slapping somebody, elbowing somebody, putting your elbows up to draw a chart, you know, that's just, or, or even uh, punching them. These are automatic right. technical fouls. Do you really think you was going to really get away with headbutting somebody? Right. And, you and, know? And these games, the, the Boston Celtics lose 90 to 99, and they playing in Miami. Uh, what's tomorrow? So what's tomorrow? May third. Today's May third. Uh, today's May third. They play. They today. play tonight mm-hmm. at, in Miami again. Um, if they lose tonight, there's there's a good chance that it's over. Now you 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 might know the statistics of two hundred some games. Uh, if you're down by two, only fourteen teams able to come back from there. But even as good as Boston Celtics is, I don't think they'll be able to do it against the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. And you got to remember some. Let's go back to this. When he got kicked out, it was only six and six and a half minutes left in the game. They were only down by what ten points. Mm-hmm. That's nothing in the NBA. That's nothing. It is, you know, Lakers can, can you know contest that from last night. Yeah, we gonna get on them. Blow a sixteen point lead, which I already know what the problem is. But blow a sixteen point lead, and guess what? With what six, seven, eight minutes left in the game, and guess what? They came back and lost the game at the last minute. Right. And all it, all it takes is what? A, come down a few threes. You got two of the best shooting uh, tandems in the NBA, Ray Allen and Paul Pierce. Right. And, and Two of the best three-point shooters in the NBA on the same team. You couldn't come back. They needed you on the floor. You're the leader. You're the captain. You do, you do, you're the, 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 the part that makes that, that engine goes. And, and here's the crazy part about it. Paul Pierce could have controlled all that. Mm-hmm. He could have controlled that. Now, the, the type of player he is, again, future Hall of Fame guy, been in these playoffs, been in tough battles like this, um, and it's at this point it's not even tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no mind games in the first game when you were already into the game, when you were already playing. You do that stuff before you come to the court, to the arena. Uh, you do that stuff after in your post-game uh, comments. But you could, he could have controlled all this. Uh, so, so that's why I say it was a selfish act because 
now you're putting guys. Now you're getting guys on the team uh, to coming off the bench, uh, out of rotation. Who's had to put some pressure on them? Uh, Rondo wasn't on his game. KG wasn't on his game. So Paul Pierce and Ray Allen had to step up. Now it's just Ray Allen because Paul Pierce is out of the game. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, they were only down ten points. And ten points in the NBA is nothing. Ten points to a team like Boston is completely. It's, you might as well be even up because they have shooters. They have guys that can get the ball down low. They have KG, one of the best forwards, point forwards. Uh, well, I could get my power for uh, in the game. They have this. They have this stuff to make it work. Uh, but when you have these selfish acts, it, it's going to be tough to win. When you play, especially when you're playing against a good team. Mm-hmm. And I ask you this: uh, Now, all these teams, that, the teams that are in the playoffs right now, I'm looking at the Memphis Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, I'm looking at the um, uh, who is uh, the Atlanta Hawks. These teams are not better than the teams they're beating. But you know one thing I've noticed throughout this whole thing from start to finish is they playing with a whole lot more, since you're not going to answer, they playing with a whole lot more energy mm-hmm. from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Now, it's easy to fabricate some energy in spurts here and there when you need it. But when the Grizzlies, when they come out, they playing with a totally different energy. I think the Thunder is a better team than they are. Mm-hmm. I think uh, By far. By far. And I think uh, Chicago is a better team than Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, don't I think know. That, I actually, I actually I, had Atlanta. <laughs> I actually had Atlanta beating Chicago because I was at the game in March mm-hmm. when they played here, and Atlanta beat them, and it was a mismatch from hell for the Atlanta uh, for for the Chicago Bulls up against the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks kind of remind me of a, a L.A. Lakers team. They're long. You got Al Horford, Josh Smith, Marvin Williams, Joe Johnson, who's probably one Joe of the Johnson. biggest. Two guards in the NBA. Oh my goodness, he looked like he played tight end. Two hundred and what thirty, forty something pounds, chiseled like a rock, and can shoot that ball. Moves without the ball uh, very well. I mean, I knew this team right here uh, was going to be a mismatch for Chicago, and they could beat these guys. I remember, Atlanta Hawks is a team that's been in the playoffs every year for the last four or five years. Right. Mike Woodson had this team ready to compete for a championship. Well, they beat the um, Chicago Bulls one hundred three ninety five. Um, but they played from start to finish. Their energy in Crawford, man, these they, their energy was just mm-hmm. from start to finish. They didn't let up. Mm-hmm. And and Joe Johnson makes a statement. He said, "We're gonna come out here with that same that same tempo, that same energy." Mm-hmm. Uh, and he know Derrick Rose gonna try to get to the basket. And while we're talking about uh, Derrick Rose, he did get MVP. That was one of my MVP MVP picks. Uh, if he didn't get it, I thought uh, LeBron may get it. Uh, mm-hmm. The head coach get gets the uh, coach of the year mm-hmm. now. Is it easy to get the coach of the year when your team the year before was was not that good, and if you instill, you instill some defense into them and they play and they get in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. I think it's easy to get coach of the year. Yeah, but, but he did bring defense. These guys wasn't playing defense. Yeah, he brought that same Boston <coughs> right. style defense to the Chicago Bulls, and it paid off. Right, and and, and that and that's where these guys because he changed the mindset and the mentality of these guys. Uh, and they won football games. I mean, they won basketball games. They won. They led the the East uh, in wins. Yeah, and and, and that, number one seed overall. Number one seed overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys has the MVP on their team. Uh, Boozer stinks. Uh, he haven't played yet. But they have the uh, coach of the union team. Now everybody that's had that has won uh, NBA championships. Mm-hmm. And and I'm thinking Atlanta's gonna give these guys fits. Yeah, I, I thought Chicago was better than them, but when you watch Atlanta play. Uh, and how they played yesterday, they was never out of their comfort zone. They was always um, they was always under control, and they and they got the job done. 
Uh, Joe Johnson hitting 34 points. Mm-hmm. Five for five behind the arch. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Yeah, they were pretty much even throughout the year playing against the big three, which is uh, Miami, Atlanta, and Boston. Mm-hmm. But you got to remember something. Majority of these victories came against teams like Indiana, who they have to play four four times a year, Cleveland, who they got to play four times a year. You know, teams like this, all your, your <laughs> weak East teams. Okay, this this is the teams that they're beating. So they got a majority wins from beating up on the sub subpar five hundred teams. Yeah, but you know okay? the Celtics but were playing those same teams. You can honestly, you, you got to put Miami and Atlanta at the top uh, one and two really overall in that Eastern Conference. Man, we are gonna take a break, but you know what? Orlando stinks. Orlando, uh, uh, they underachieve. Um, uh, other than that, other than that, I don't, I don't think there was a uh, I don't think there was a team that shouldn't be in the playoffs right now. I think Orlando Magic underachieved. All they did was make Philly underachieve even more to be in there. Philly, Philly, they're going they, to get blown out by twenty some points. And, you know, they, after, after beating a team by twenty some points. Well, we'll take a break. We we'll come back. I want to talk about your Lakers. <laughs> I'm gonna go get me some coffee. Quarm lots of the sports. We're Ken from the ATL. We'll be back in two minutes. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the Quarmy Live Sports. We're from the ATL. We are back. Uh, we were talking a little basketball. We were talking about how the uh, the energetic Memphis Grizzlies is, is playing. They, well, they knocked out um, the San Antonio Spurs, who had the number one record in the NBA. Yeah, but going into the playoffs, they were one of the worst teams in the Western Conference. Well, they knocked they them were, out. They actually had the same record after the All-Star break as the Memphis Grizzlies. So mm. can you really say 
that was a better team. Yes, I can say that. Mm-hmm. I can say that easily. Uh, but I, but I, but look at the energy they play with. They've been playing with that energy since the playoffs start. Mm-hmm. These guys not coming in and say, "Oh, we're gonna do the best we can." They coming in and say, "We're gonna give them fits and we're gonna win this game." And we're gonna let them know we belong here. Same thing I thought with the uh, uh, the sh- uh, was a the New Orleans the New Orleans team, New Orleans Hornets. Hornets um, they came in and they made it a, they made it interesting with the Lakers. The Lakers just like like it, probably like Atlanta is too tall for those guys down there. Uh, who else are we talking about? We talking about those guys uh, uh, like the Atlanta, like the Atlanta uh, Hawks. Yeah. yeah, long, long and long. lengthy. Yeah, but speaking of the Lakers. What's going on? This is your Lakers team, and people mm-hmm. uh, people told me to ask you what what happened to your Lakers, and people, I said people I, told you to ask me. You, yeah, people people told me to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> Unlike those people, I'm not worried. I said the same thing after the first game against New Orleans Hornets. Everybody was jumping on New Orleans. Well, can everybody know you a Lakers guy? So that's why they asked. No, because everybody don't know the Lakers like I know. I know basketball. Mm-hmm. If you really watch the game, the Lakers dominated that game from start to finish. I will agree, except for the last, you know, I'd say six minutes of the game when it was just a, really a mental uh, co- collapse. They got too complacent. Um, I think Phil Jackson waited too long to make the adjustments when we had a 16-point lead and. It got called, cut all the way down to eight before he decides he wants to get Kobe back in the game. The man had 30 points by the end of the third quarter. You know, I would have probably rested him maybe just the first three or four minutes, but then bring him back in. And when you got a 16-point lead against a Dallas Mavericks team, you got to keep the, the gas on the pedal. And he didn't do it. He waited until they got that charge, that energetic charge they had. And by that time, it was too late, and they got caught at the end. And it was a couple of bad uh, plays they tried to set up to win the game with 20 seconds left. They had the last shot. They actually had two chances within the last 20 seconds to win the game, and both of them were just bad turnovers. You can't make those turnovers, and especially the dynasty the Lakers uh, organization uh, is. You can't and with the players on the court at that time. He had the the time the last three seconds. He had the right people on the on the court, but you, you can't make those turn. You can't make those. Uh, Mistakes in those final minutes. Mm-hmm. Not when you've you've won national championship. I mean, not when you won championship NBA championships. Uh, you just can't do that. And I, I thought Phil Jackson uh, made a mistake. It's you. Bynum got he has to come off the bench. Mm-hmm. He has to come off the bench because it's it's very tough to uh, guard Dirk and Risky anyway. So mm-hmm. let me put my best six man in the lead on him and give that a go. Give that a run. Beat him up a little while. Stay in his face. Uh, he's he's just as you know, he's just as tall as he is, but then you bring Bynum in. I will keep uh, Paul Casal in the game uh, because he does have more low post moves. He does, he can shoot from a distance, um, but everybody else. And I thought I thought um, the guy stepped up in the backcourt this time. It just wasn't it just wasn't getting it done. Yeah, the, the, it, it was it was more so. I think uh, it was the wrong matchup. Paul Gasol, Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> Paul Gasol got off. Okay, he he. You know, he's not he's not playing somebody who. That's tough on defense, like Landry did him. You can see Dirk Nowitzki doesn't play. He's another Euro who doesn't play defense like Paul Gasol. So Paul Gasol was able to get off for a double-double. You know, he had a really nice game. But the only thing is, like most Euros, they don't play defense. He, he scores 15, 17 points and gives up 27 points to Dirk Nowitzki. Who played him better was Lamar Odom. You know what? No why? Lamar Odom's quicker. He's long. He's got the long arms. 
And even though Paul uh, Dernovitsky goes and does that uh, turnaround fade that he no- likes to do, unstoppable. Un- Odom gets to, can gets to him to uh, adjust that that shot a lot quicker than Gasol does. Because Gasol will not put his hands up right. and will not be quick to jump to his face. Odom does that. And when they played each other uh, during the game last night, when Odom had to stick Nowitzki, which was you know very rare, but when he did. He altered his shot, and he wasn't able to score a lot, unlike uh, he just destroyed Gasol. But both of those boys, they cancel each other out because they both don't play defense. And, yeah, and that's why I would bring the best six man in the league this year and put him on uh, Derek because he make a lot of awkward shots, but he's going to have to make those shots and then let everybody else around him get off because I don't think they're going to fall like that um, in L.A., uh, for them to win that second game. And they only won by two points. It was 96-94, Lakers lose at home. Uh, but a lot of things going to play like that, what they ca- counted it towards that loss. And one of them was the, um, the foul, unnecessary foul on Dirk Nowitzki outside. He was three feet away from the three-point line. Mm-hmm. Why would uh, Paul Gasol do that? Just let him take that shot. Let him take that shot with your hand in his face. Don't try to test that because you can't get it or because you, you have to come off his back. That was one play I thought uh, made a difference and changed the outcome. Also, that one when Kobe drove to the basket, I've never seen him. Well, I have, but not in situations where it's game time, uh, win or lose. He drives to the basket and dishes out, and um, it's a turnover. It gets stolen. Yeah, but did you see Gasol under, on the back end of Doing nothing. Taylor that was wide open? The only thing Kobe had to do, he just drew – your man plus Tyson Chandler away from the basket from Gasol. Instead of trying to challenge the basket where you have to kick it back out and turn over, man, if you just go around Tyson Chandler, Gasol is right there. And guess what? That would have been the game right there. But you know what? You, do you think – now, it's just the first game. But it, it stems from that Charlotte Hornets game where uh, these guys were having Gasol, uh, Paul Gasol's lunch. You think Kobe might be losing some confidence in him? Because these guys had a 16-point lead uh, coming out of halftime. 16-point lead, and within a matter of uh, three minutes, they cut that right down. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's you know so much Gasol. This is actually a better matchup for Gasol. Uh, like I said, he's not playing no bruiser or any, anybody like that, like a Carl Andrew who had, tr- who he had trouble with. He's not playing a, a, a Kendrick Perkins-type player. You know, he's playing against somebody who's not going to play defense. He's going to be able to get off like he did. I think he's going to have a better series this year than he hit, had last series. I really am not concerned about the Lakers-Dallas Mavericks matchup series than I am concerned about Memphis and Oklahoma and Chicago-Atlanta and Boston and Miami. I'd be more concerned about those series, that series, those series right there than Lakers-Dallas because, as we know, Phil Jackson is the best coach in NBA history when it comes to uh, readjustments. <laughs> And they're going to uh, figure out uh, a better matchup, and they're going to win. And, they're, they, and he knows this time, once we get a big lead like that, we've got to keep the uh, pedal to the floor, full gas ahead. And just like the New Orleans series, when they lost the first game, everybody was counting them out. Uh-oh, uh-oh. They didn't. They, they said that that was going to go seven games after that, and it didn't. It went six games, right. and he still won. Yeah, they, I, I'm not going to say the Dallas Mavericks didn't win this game, but I can easily say the uh, Los Angeles Lakers gave it away. 
Mm-hmm. They, they gave, gave it away. It away. Yeah. They gave it away, exactly. And that's what I'm trying to tell people. And it's easy there. to – and Phil <laughs> Jackson no, – We didn't lose the game. We gave it away. What does – Phil Jackson has 10 rings or 11 rings? 10 rings? 11 rings. 11 rings. It's easy to coach uh, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Uh, it's easy to have Shaquille O'Neal mm-hmm. and uh, Kobe Bryant. Yeah, he should have about at least eight without even br- blinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- but that's his his movements and his his managerial skills on that final seconds was not eleven championship rings type mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, he he take take us all out, put um, uh, put up the long boy, the sixth man of the year, mm-hmm. put him in on Dirk Nowitzki, mm-hmm. and then let's live and die with that. And mm-hmm. then you bring Bynum out now. Paul Gasol starts, but you bring Bynum off the bench. Bynum's, no, he's been hurt over the past two years. Uh, it's the playoffs. If I can conserve his energy and conserve his body, I would do so. But when he comes in, I'm looking for a high level out of him. I'm looking for that uh, get him down low and get to the line if you missed the shot. Yeah, I would actually leave Bynum in the game because he played very well against Tyson Chandler. He, he limited him to a, uh, a half below decent game. Uh, it, you know, I think it's Gasol the one who needs to come off the bench in this series because Lamar Odom is a better matchup defensive-wise against Dirk Nowitzki. Um, Bynum, he's bigger than Tyson Chandler. He played him well. Um, but everybody else is a mismatch for Dallas. You know, Kobe is bigger than anybody they put on him. Artest is bigger than anybody they put on him. Uh, even uh, Derek Fisher, at his age, even though Jason Kidd is a little bit bigger than him, but De- Derek Fisher, as you saw last night, the man looked unstoppable. Yeah, that's what I said. They played well in the backcourt. They they came out there to play, and it just didn't add up to, at the end of the night. Yeah. We, but they didn't get that in the first series when they was playing the uh, Hornets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, they got to put it all together now. Now they had what they had four days off. Uh, you like them to come out there with fresh legs. Uh, Kobe is banged up; he has has an ankle injury. But those guys around him has to step up because mm-hmm. I, I think I know Kobe will be there at the end of the. If he's taking the last shot and he misses it, that's who I want taking my last shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wouldn't lose confidence. So that's why I ask you. Did he lose confidence when he drove to the basket and didn't dish it out to Gasol, who was wide open? He already drew this man to uh, mm-hmm. Chandler to him. Mm-hmm. Um, Gasol could hit that point. Yeah, I'm just thinking that he just probably just didn't see him and tried to kick it back out, and it was too late because he got caught in the air. You know, um, but I really think uh-uh, I don't like agree I said, with I'm that. Not, I'm not concerned. Like I said, the Lakers really didn't lose the game. Dallas didn't win the game. It was the Lakers gave them the game. Well, they put everybody, they put Marion, they put Sean Marion on Kobe. They had everybody on that roster on Kobe, uh, which was the, you know, defense by committee. Even Jason Kidd was on him at the end of the game. Uh, so you, you throw different matches up, matchups on Kobe because you know at the end of the game, um, he's going to be that guy to take that shot. But was that a foul when he pushed him down to the ground, Jason Kidd? Not at all. Not at, I wouldn't have called that. I, he had his hands on the back. I oh, I saw it. that. I saw that yeah. one, but that was before but he. Anytime did. a man falls down forward, Mm-mm. you're behind him. You got your hands on him. Referees are reluctant to call that every time. And there's three referees out there, and I don't know what changes from the regular season to playoffs where you don't call that. But uh, four weeks, three weeks ago, you were calling that during the regular season. Uh, I thought I saw his hands on him, but before he, when he got to Paul Casal uh, coming around that pick, I, I thought he took his hands off. Um, end up hitting Casal's elbow. The ball came out. And that's when Kobe fell. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jason Terry, those guys, they got a bench that can come in and get you 30-something-plus points. Uh, I think Dallas is that Dallas is a team, um, but they're not, that, they're not a better team than the Lakers. The Lakers just got to find a way mm-hmm. to um, get these guys inside. Dirk Nowitzki will be a matchup regardless. Kobe 
put Kobe on him, that's going to be a matchup. But you can't do that because you got the offensive defense on. Uh, this is not game seven, so you yeah. don't you don't want to do anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's going to be a problem for anybody they put on him. Uh, but these guys, the Lakers, big guys, got to come up. I like yeah. to see Shannon Brown come in and do some things, man. Yeah, he did last night. He came in and yeah. did some things, but he he could he could have played a lot more and did a lot more. Right, and and, and uh, it, I would love to see him play more against uh, Jason Kidd than uh, Derek Fisher. And in this series, we won't be talking about um, the head coach Phil Jackson uh, and his substitution and his and and who he has in. I bet he gets that to fix. Now yeah. it's going to be on the players to get out there and show up. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm, I won't be concerned about the Lakers uh, series. I think this game will go. I think this series will go six. Uh, we we already showed that the Lakers already showed that they can win on the road like they did against New Orleans, close out the series on the road. They were one of the better road teams in the NBA this year. Um, it, it, it doesn't matter. We play at home, play on the road. Lakers going to still get the job done. They're going to get the adjustments. Um, as you can see, they were more dominant last night. They had the, the, like I said, Lakers were just giving points away last night. They were dominating Dallas overall. If you want to really analyze the whole game, they really dominated Dallas. Okay. Well, let's take a break and come back, man. We got one more second. It's the Quam Last of the Sport with Ken from the ATL. We'll be back in the final segment. I might want to talk a little Ben Laden. What you think about that Ben Laden situation? Yeah, we, we can't. We, we got to give him up. <laughs> we, we got to have a little bit of time. All right. We'll be back in two minutes. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Looking for a top show about horse racing and handicapping? Looking to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies website where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. Listen for top plays for the weekend in the spot play of the week and win prizes just for listening. Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer is live Thursdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the Quarter Life of Sports. We got Ken from the ATL. Oh, uh, don't yeah. think my name like that. Uh, Ken, I know you're over there touching this. You ain't even need no X-Pill. You're touching this. <laughs> Look, uh, <laughs> we back, man. This is Quarter Life Sports. We came from the ATL. We back. We talked a little basketball. Uh, I, well, it's a whole lot of things we could talk about, but then this little 
42 minutes that we have to do it, it's just not enough time. Um, but we do talk about sports, how we talk about it. We have a good time. We have fun, how we see it. Um, had a lot of stuff going on on the weekends. Uh, the draft, could talk about that. It, briefly, Ken, there's a lot of dumb NBA, uh, NFL players. R.W. McCord has got stabbed in the back. Did you see that? I didn't see that. He got shot in the back. I'm sorry, shot in the back. Um, and then uh, the guy in Miami. And is, that's, the, that's the cornerback down at Tampa Bay, right? R.W. McCorders. With with the other the other idiot, Khalid Talib. No, he from he's who's from facing who's facing uh, uh, weapons charges, uh, felony weapons charges against him also, right? Yeah, and he was um and he was he went to University of Kansas, which is crazy because do the background check on this guy, man. I, it's hard. It's like uh, Jimmy Smith, the guy in Colorado, great, pretty good corner. Uh, went to the right team with the Baltimore uh, Ravens uh, with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, mm. pretty good corner, man. Background is terrible, but I think those guys don't get them right because I watched Ray Lewis get corners right. Uh, they can't take that pressure. You get out of here. That's when they won the Super Bowl. They had a bunch of average corners. They end up winning the Super Bowl. Uh, but where's the background checking and getting these guys and let them know this is why you got to play. Uh, you know, you earn your money. That's why you can't get these rookies coming out of college who never played it down in the National Football League, make them the fifth highest player in the league. They haven't made it down, but all they got to do. All their baggage from their background, drug charges, gun charges, being shot in the back, being stabbed. Uh, it was going killing people, uh, should be in camp, and you run over, man. Come on, man, what, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, you got to look at these guys are, what, 20, 21, 22, coming out, coming out of the hood, and, you know, they all say that, oh, I ain't going to never forget where I come from. Yeah, you do need to, because guess what? <laughs> as soon as they sign a contract, the agent gives them all that money up front, you know, what the first thing they're going to do, go back home in the hood and floss. But you know what, Ken? You can't do that. You can't go back home because the guys who, the guys who have to live there, uh, and, and whatever they're doing for a living, they're doing it. But they have to live there. You got out of there. You can't go back with no jewelry on. You can't go back doing all these flaws and being in the bars and the clubs doing this because this is not where you live anymore. Maybe where you're from, but these guys have to live this life every day. You can't go back and do that. They are on the grind. They are hustling. They on their grind. And you going back doing this, you but coming back with the ju- this, this is what they see on TV, you know, videos and movies. They see the, you know, the, 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 the people with the big fancy platinum diamond studded watches and chains and be in the club popping bottles, you know, at the strip club making it rain, you know, with the the, the, the rips, the whips on 22 sitting yeah. high. This is what they want because this is what they see. It's crazy, so they though. they want to do, they want to go back and show all their friends, I got it, look at me, and guess what? You'll have one of those haters who's not going to care. All and the thing they see is money riding around that we can get. You know what? And those And that hater, most most likely, most times, What's your friend? What's your guy? You coming back, blinging him, blinding him with all these diamonds, uh, buying the bar up. You ain't buying drinks. You buying the bar up. Whatever they drink is on you. You doing stuff like this. What you can do is go back home and do some camps. What you can do is go back home and do a life skills sessions. Because some of those guys are not, all good buys are not gone. Some of those guys are not too far gone mm-hmm. where you can't, where let's just say they doing drugs. Let's just say they some criminal activities. They can get out of that if you got the right programs there, uh, and they can mentor those guys coming up right behind them. And then that, that changed the whole complex of your neighborhood. Yeah. But, but it, it's going to take a guy who got out of there to do so. 
Mm-hmm. It's going to take a near-life death situation to do so, and it don't even have to come to that most times, mm-hmm. which is crazy, man. I, I just go home, man. We do camps at home. When I go home, man, I got a, a rubber watch on, no jewelry, uh, a, a, my Energy Force brace band on. I'm like, if you want this, let me take this off and get this to you. You want me to wrap this up for you? Let me get this to you, man. It, ain't no sense going home and flossing for them guys who, who has to hustle, who got to grind. You ain't got to do all that nonsense. And that's why guys... Mm-hmm. Most times, like the, like the Washington Redskins, uh, safety. He's done. He's dead. Yeah. Went to, you went to the U. Went to the University of Miami. Mm-hmm. Done because he went back home, and he thought Miami was still his. No, mm-hmm. you them guys, them guys live there. That's what they do. You come. Mm-hmm. You you can leave when you want to. Yeah. You know, and and you also got to look at. I mean, you go home with all this jewelry. You know, taking care of all your boys, making it rain. You know, doing whatever you're doing, just throwing money around. What about taking that money you just spent all that on right there and go down to your local uh, football park, peewee league parks that you grew up playing in that need jerseys and new new equipment and, you know, put the, put the money into that. Like I think you get a lot more respect putting the money back into the neighborhood than putting it into uh, to, to working class strippers. Like Snoop Dogg does. Snoop Dogg got his little Pop Warner team. They got Pittsburgh. He's so in love with Pittsburgh like you're in love with the Lakers. Uh, he got his little Pop Warner team. He take his money. Now, now granted, Snoop has his background. The Snoop D-O-double-G has his background. Uh, just like, just yeah, like, just like yeah, yeah, just like most people. But the chronic and all that stuff. But he he taking some of that money. He ain't throwing three, four, five thousand dollars in the air and making it rain and then buying all... Buying everything that don't have any what is it butter? You well, you watch Baby Boy. Yeah. This stuff ain't got no butter to it. You it, yeah. it don't it depreciates once you get it. Yeah, you know you don't see Snoop like that. That one rapper you, who's been in the game for many 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 years, made millions and millions and millions of dollars, but you don't never see Snoop like that. You know why? Snoop's he keeps it low key. Cause sleep, and he Snoop puts it back into the community. Those have you ever seen those football teams that he he, he coaches and those guys that? having fun? Those guys I have. got nice equipment, nice uniforms. Yeah, and, and he, he makes sure of that that's where he puts his money to. You don't hear about Snoop up in the club making it rain. Mm, you don't see Snoop not anymore. Multi, you know, quarter million dollar cars. He got his he's got his old schools. Catamobile, yeah, is the same way he's been since day one. Right, right. Yeah, because he got two strikes, he ain't got no choice. But look, he um. <laughs> <laughs> he got two strikes to make you change, but he is doing. He did change for the better. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, let me ask you this, man. With two minutes left, probably a minute and a half. Now, is it Osama bin Laden? Where were you when 9/11? I was in LA. In LA, in 9/11. I was in Phoenix driving on the 17. I think I was going to work out. Um, yeah. I had just woke up because it happened early on the East Coast. Yeah, so it I happened early. Woke up and, and he said that uh, what had happened. September 11, 2000, terror attacks. Mm-hmm. Kills thousands of people. This is Bin Laden. This is, this is, this is there. This thing, this guy wanted to be a martyr. All right. Uh, where were you when they got, when you got the news to say, oh, Bin Laden, they found his luxury hideout, uh, and he's dead? You know, I was <laughs> just at my, at my spot. I just got in from uh, Arizona. And, uh, you know, just sitting there watching TV, you know, just, uh, just recuperating from jet lag. And, uh, and when I saw it on the news, at first, it just it took me a minute to really focus on what it said. Right. Uh, you know, Osama bin Laden is dead. Uh, it just took me a minute. I couldn't believe it right then and there that he was talking about Osama bin Laden, the man that 
nobody thought would never find, hidden in a cave somewhere. That guy was in a mansion. He wasn't in no cave. And when they was looking for him, they knew where he was. <laughs> Man, you ever play hide-and-seek? How could he hide for nine years? What was it, nine years? Ten years. Ten years. He, he hid for ten years. How could you do that when you got, and we still sending people to space? We're still sending people up in space. Mm -hmm. Man, it's crazy. Uh, um, but what more who gets the credit is our armed forces, those Navy SEALs, mm -hmm. Marines, man, the, the, the Army, the Navy, the uh, Air, Air Force. Uh, really yeah. Cracked this case back in 2007. Right. Let's look at the time frame of this. They started working on this compound. Well, you only got 20 seconds. Go yeah, ahead. They, they started working on the compound in 2005. We got a tip in 2007. They, the CIA did their due diligence, found out who the courier was, took them three years to do that. Obama found out in August 2010, put a tail on them, and they knew over the last month that there was a high-profile target there, but we wasn't sure that that was Osama bin Laden in there. And just like the national security team said, President Obama made one of the gutsiest calls in recent presidential history. When, they, when he gave the word to go. And guess what? And he the, was there. And you know what? Congratulations to our armed forces. Let me say this. If I was, uh, if I was close to Obama, uh, well, Osama, and they was looking for him, and they $55 million up for his ransom, I'm not going to look. Come on in, man. They got us. Let's go. They got us. Hey, this is Kwame Lassen Sports. We came from the ATL. Threw a little uh, history at you guys. As always, Ken, thank you. Minute with Ken is great. We'll be back next week, man. We'll see y'all. Check out the fan page. Ken does a great job with the fan page. We'll be back. Check out the Dave George story on there. Bet. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.